Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Greer. I'm joined here by Tyler, Big Herbie Herbot. What up? And Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose. Hello, hello. Alrighty, how we doing? How we doing? Uh, today we got another divisional episode for you covering the NFC South. Um, if you're looking for another division, we've covered all of them uh, previously. Um, I think we just have both of the South divisions to do now, right? That is correct. So today uh, we're doing the NFC South, covering the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. So it should be a pretty good show. Um, if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Of course, we appreciate you listening, and if you feel so obliged, we appreciate likes, subscribes, and ratings of five stars or more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right into the NFC South here, and we'll start with Trey's favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> They might be one of like my top five favorite teams to watch this yeah. year. I'll be honest. All right. Can just go with the quarterback so we can get it out of the way. Let's you know, let's pop this bubble right now. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's hear your Mariota take. Okay. I can't contain myself. I've been saying it for months now. Marcus Mariota, my pick for comeback player of the year, looked great in week one of preseason action. But who also looked good was De- Desmond Ritter. But I think they're going to wait for him. But Marcus Mariota looked great. He was throwing on the run, zipping the ball. And when he was running the ball, doing a little scramble action, he looked great. I think he had three rushes for 23 yards and a touchdown, something like that. And um, he, he just looked pretty poised in the pocket and just looked pretty good. So it confirmed everything I thought about him. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, he's going undrafted right now. Um he should probably stay that way, in my own opinion. But uh, we'll we'll be on opposite sides of this probably all year long. A couple more preseason or games, in, or at least until week one. Uh, moving on <laughs> to uh, maybe that's some more it. Yeah, that's it, man. Players on this team. Uh, you might be the only fantasy analyst in the entire U.S. that believes in Marcus Mariota having a comeback player of the year type season. Maybe the reason this podcast takes off this year because guess who's going to be the number one pickup on the waiver wire week one? Marcus Mariota. Hey, man. Push those chips in. You know what I mean? You're all in. All in. Um, Kyle Pitts, right now the tight end three, uh, going 34th overall. How are we feeling about Kyle Pitts this year with uh, Trey's boy Mariota slinging the rock? Um, I mean, I think he's going to be a top five tight end. Probably. I would not draft him though over Darren Waller and George Kittle, which is where he's going right now. Um, I just, I don't have that enough faith in Mariota to get him the ball, honestly. And that's why I'm also kind of down on Drake London at the moment. And, you know, I might end up eating crow on that if Mariota's even a serviceable quarterback, but I would still take Darren Waller and Kittle above Kyle Pitts. Well, you know, you're not going to eat crow. You're going to eat Falcon. Because Marcus <laughs> Mariota is going to get in the goddamn ball. So, Trey, are you comfortable taking um, Kyle Pitts where he's going right now? No, I, I pretty much agree with Urbach. I, I would take Pitts over Kittle at this point, only because of Kittle's injury history. And Darren Waller is, I'm kind of iffy on him also. With his um, lingering hamstring injury that he had last year, it's popped up again in this offseason. And there's a bunch of Raiders rumors going around. Obviously, I'm a big Raiders fan that he's kind of overplaying that injury because he wants a new contract. But I would still take Darren Waller over Kyle Pitts. But I would take Kyle Pitts over George Kittle. Are we taking any of the tight ends, though, that early this year? To me, personally, I, I just haven't been taking tight ends. Or like these, the I guess, the top-tier tight ends. I've kind of been waiting on the position a lot this year. Um, yeah. As in most previous years as well. But 
it seems like these tight ends are going higher and higher every year. I'll, I'll just say this. If I'm not getting um, – re- really, it's Mark Andrews in the second or the early third. Yeah, I'm not taking a tight end early. But I do like where Mark Andrews is falling just because with Hollywood Brown being gone, it, it's either him or Rashad Bateman in the passing game. So I, I really like Mark Andrews to finish as the tight end one this year. Yeah, and I agree with that, but I, I'm with you. Like, unless it's the back end of the, of the second round or the beginning of the third, I'm not interested in the top tier tight ends. All right, uh, moving on to the rookie wide receiver there in Atlanta, Drake London. Um, I think our consensus number one rookie wide receiver coming into uh, the season here, um, or at least was when we did our our rookie wide receiver show. Uh, right now, yeah, you had trailing up above him but yeah oh did i yeah that's probably yeah. true um but he was our consensus though like with the average between the three of us he had the highest average i think that's that yeah that's true that's true yeah because i had him at two um right now going 102 overall looks like the wide receiver 45 are we taking a shot on drake london this year i mean right now he's going you know Back into the tenth, beginning of the eleventh. I mean, you're at that point. You're drafting guys for upside, so yeah, I, you could take the chance. I'm not huge on him this year again because of Mariota. That doesn't change what I think his long term output is um, and what his, and what that looks like. I think he's going to be a great receiver in this league for a long time. I just don't love him this year. If you keep saying because of Mariota, we're going to have a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's because of Mariota. Uh, I, mean, I understand this guy's he's not a godsend, but at the same time, he's he'll be worthy. This offense is going to be fun to watch this year. I really think like when the Falcons games are on, if the Raiders aren't playing, I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to Falcons games. But with that being said, I mean, with him being the wide receiver 45 overall 102, um, so I'd put him at what, like the eighth round, late eighth, early ninth in a 12 man league, something like that. Am I yep. correct, fellas? Yeah. Yes. That's around the time we're taking flyers on guys, right? And I I might do it, but I'm not super confident on it. Around that time, you know, because all these rookie wide receivers in the last few years have hit usually one or two per year in the last few years. I think he could be a guy like that. I wouldn't be really confident in it, but at the same time, I, I probably would do it in a couple leagues. Alrighty. Uh, what about the running backs here? Um, Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson, both going uh, pretty late in drafts. Obviously, Tyler Algier going later, kind of turning into one of my late round flyers um, just because of the opportunity there. And I think he's talented enough to uh, take that number one job. What do you guys think about Algier at 139 overall, the running back 52 right now? Um, I like it a lot, personally. I'm not touching Cordell Patterson in any draft this year. I just I think by the come probably mid-season, you're going to see Algier uh, at the bare minimum at 50-50 split in this backfield, if not taking the majority of snaps. I just don't have faith Patterson be able to put together you know, back-to-back seasons of, of running back production, and we saw how quickly he fell off a cliff at the end of last season um production basically became non-existent after week like 12 um maybe it was even 10 i've been a little, a little earlier but i like algier to to become the rb1 of this offense sooner than later Ooh, i i, I kind of see what you're saying and we talked about it i think either last season or in the off season how quarter patterson very strong runner but never had a heavy workload and it it wore on him, and you said it perfectly that towards the end of the year he kind of fell off a cliff. And I personally, am, I, I'm not really interested in either of these guys. And it might it might bite me in the ass because if if Tyler Algier, Algier, I I don't know that that name is weird to me. Um, <laughs> if he ends up getting my Lotto short, Lamar. <laughs> not really, dude. I speak Ebonics. You guys don't know how to read half these names. Saquon Barkley, by the way, but. Oh, get out of here. You're the only one <laughs> Anyways, says it like that. <laughs> I highly doubt that. I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt that. 
But um, if, if I miss out on him, I, I will be kicking myself in the ass because, I mean, what you're drafting this guy in the towards the end of your draft and he might end up being productive for you towards the end of the season, kind of what Big Irby's saying. So I, I like what you're saying, but I'm avoiding him. All right, in Cordell, we are not drafting, correct? <laughs> I mean, do we really think he can repeat um, what he did at the beginning of the la- of last year? And sustain it? No. No, I'm not drafting him at all. I'll be honest. He's kind of interesting to me, but it'll only be like the first part of the season. Kind of what we decided, you know, he's going to fall off after getting a heavy workload. Yeah. God, he's like, he's like a mature Rondell Moore or something, you know, like the profile is so enticing, but the production turns you away. Trey's Super Bowl pick uh, this year, I think, is the Atlanta Falcons, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going that deep, man. I'm not going that deep. I'm telling you, if you're a betting man, Marcus Mariota, comeback player of the year, I don't know what the odds are. They're probably astronomical right now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to look them up while you guys transition. Uh, Let's move on to uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um a team that's gone through some turmoil here, but uh, some fresh blood in there at quarterback after making the trade for Baker Mayfield. Um, how do we feel about this offense overall? Do we Does Baker Mayfield do anything for you for these fantasy assets like a DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey um, in Carolina? How much of a difference do you think he makes versus Sam Darnold? Um, I don't think he makes much of a difference. If I'm being completely honest, he just, I think he's a better quarterback than Donald. So I'll give you that. Um, but I'm not sure if he, you know, really boosts anybody here. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, and we'll touch on it here shortly, but DJ Moore has been a weird, relatively fancy relevant receiver with three awful quarterbacks. So maybe a small boost to him with something more competent, but I'm not going to bank on that. Well, let's start there. Let's start with DJ Moore. Wide receiver 18 right now, going 48th overall. You said you're not going to bank on that. Does that mean you're not drafting him where he's going? Um, I'm not drafting where he's going right now. If he fell farther, um, I would I would consider it. You know, he's going in, what, the fourth round. I think I would much prefer that in the fifth or the sixth at this point. Um, but, again, he's had three straight 1,000-yard seasons which not you can't say that about a lot of yeah. receivers in the league right now. So there is that. That's just kind of a weird thing to to you know keep in mind. He's certainly talented, uh, but the touch, touchdowns have always been an issue. And to me, I, I just don't see a huge improvement there with Baker. To give a good example, like I would take uh, Mike Williams, who's going a few spots after him, ahead of DJ Moore this year. Oh, yeah, that's all day. I would definitely do that. I mean, DJ Moore, as someone, if you like to take risky picks, he's a great risky pick because as far as targets go, target share, you know, yardage that he accumulates. And what you said, Jim, it, the only thing that's really lacking is he doesn't score touchdowns. And the Panthers really, you know, in the last, I guess, really ever, don't really throw that many passing touchdowns. But now they have Baker Mayfield, which might kind of change it. It doesn't convince me enough to draft him that high, though. So I, I, I'm definitely still avoiding him. But while I still got the mic going, I'm just going to let you guys know. Marcus <laughs> Mariota, plus 1,600 odds, according to Vegas, to win Comeback Player of the Year. And that sounds pretty crazy, but he's only the eighth player down on this list. So wow. Vegas knows something, too, so, right? So maybe you're not this, alone. This list is 25 <laughs> players long. And he is number eight on the list. I am not alone. You guys think I'm crazy. I can't wait to just cash in on this. Yeah. You just, yeah how much did you just bet? <laughs> Whole paycheck on there? I'll put 100 on it, dude. Come back 1,600. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, I'm hitting Caesars. Right. <laughs> the only really other fantasy relevant player, obviously, on this offense, I think, Right now, Christian McCaffrey, he's my 101. I, I talked about it a little bit in our mock draft. I think, um, you know, what he 
brings in terms of like upside and ceiling. Um, if he's healthy throughout the entire season and so is Jonathan Taylor, I think Christian McCaffrey outscores Jonathan Taylor this year. Yeah. If Ooh. I mean, that, no, that's, that's not a bad take. I mean, it's when he, it's just when he's healthy and we don't know he's been, he's been so much game time in the last two seasons. It's crazy. Um, but if you look at his per game average in games that he played the entire game and didn't get hurt in, he led the league in points per game at 26 points per game. Um, that's you know the best in all of fantasy football. So obviously when healthy, he is the best player available. It's whether you're willing to roll the dice on him being healthy for 16 games, 17 games now. Well, I, I'll just add this with him having Baker Mayfield in the backfield, you know, it, it might help them out having a little bit more intimidating quarterback under center and taking a little bit of pressure off of him. If, if that makes sense, you know, because in previous years, it's like, okay, obviously Christian McCaffrey, focal point of the offense, he still will be, but there's a little bit more threat in the passing game. So it might help him out. Possibly. I do want to show out, even though they're not fancy relevant right now, if McCaffrey goes down behind him, you have uh, Dante, Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Who would you rather have if you have to pick one of them? Uh, such a lame question. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think we, we saw what Deontay Foreman can do. And we know he's capable of. Chuba Hubbard is a little bit more of a question mark to me. Um, hopefully he's progressed more in the running game. He's a pretty decent pass catcher. So um, I, w- I would rather take a risk on Chuba over Deontay. All right, uh, that pretty much covers it for Carolina, right? Oh, who would I rather have? Yes. Oh, God. Um, Deontay Foreman. But I I think right now, Chuba Hubbard is on the death chart ahead of Deontay. Deontay. Um, But, yeah, I just think Foreman's a better player. But It's Deontay Foreman. Dante, whatever we all suck it it really doesn't matter i mean um i don't think we should (laughs) heavily rely on either of these guys as a handcuff like go get someone else on another team that brings a little bit more value if something were to happen to the starter in front of them so ironic that his last name is foreman and he he's not in charge of the backfield usually you know the foreman's in charge but yeah whatever (laughs) all right uh let's move on to the new orleans saints um let's start here tyler with your pick last year for what you thought was the sleeper quarterback of the year james winston do you have the same feelings this year um no but that doesn't mean it still couldn't happen i guess i just i thought he was a sneaky pick to be you know a league winner potentially then he ended up getting hurt uh obviously not a lot of yardage was there um, but he was scoring touchdowns, so there was that to go with it. It was kind of hard, hard to gauge. But, I mean, he's if he comes back this year, you know, obviously he's dealing with an injury right now. But he has more weapons this year than he did last year as well. So, I mean, I think he's still a sneaky quarterback play. Um, you know, if you want to take him at the very, as a flyer at the back of your draft, you'd like to carry two quarterbacks. Um, but I could also see him being a very popular waiver wire addition, you know, pretty early in the season. Yeah, I completely agree. It's kind of interesting how I understand he missed uh, three quarters of last season after going down. But um, I also was with Big Irby on the fact that Jameis Winston could have a great year last year. And after a couple of weeks, it it seemed like it was coming together. Then he got injured, didn't see him again for the rest of the year. It's interesting to me how he's flying under the radar at this point. Like no one's talking about him. I haven't seen a lick of anything on Twitter or the Reddit fantasy football page that I follow anything about Javis Winston. This is someone who could end up starting for your team if things come together because of all those weapons. So I, well, I think that's I, probably because of the injury. I think that's probably because of the injury. I mean, he, he hurt his foot early in training camp. He's day to day right now. They don't think it's serious, but you know, he hasn't shown anything in practice yet because there's no tape. He got hurt so, so early. So, it's hard to say. And I think people are a little worried about what this offense will be like without um, Sean Payton being the head coach and playing and being the, the play caller there. Well, the most important question is, how are his crab legs doing? 
Are those injured? <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure those are still there. They're, they're still available any, for it with every W they so- get. Any soft tissue issues going on there? Oh, real soft tissue there. <laughs> uh, Alvin Kamara, running back 12 right now, going 19th overall. And I think it was reported again today. And we've kind of had the feeling for the last couple of weeks that um, it sounds like any sort of suspension is going to be pushed to next year. So Alvin Kamara sitting there at running back 12 right now um, is looking more and more like a value if you're drafting, you know, within the next few days. I imagine as we get more news, his ADP will continue to rise. Um, but right now, you can snag him in the second round. You know, maybe even the third, if he's falling really far, if people aren't aware of what's going on, could be a steal this year. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. I, I've been seeing the same news you've been seeing. Um, I don't know how much of a rumor it is, but if, if there's no uh, suspension or legal action against him this season, he's a super steal at this point. Obvious RB1. His backup is Mark Ingram towards the tail end of his career, who I do like as a cuff. I do like Mark Ingram as a cuff when I thought that Alvin Kamara could face a suspension. If the, if the suspension's out the window, I'm all in on Alvin Kamara. Tyler, any thoughts? On Sorry, I'm trying to look up his ADP. My computer's having issues, so uh, I was trying. Isn't to it 19? Look. Well, I'm just double checking because I did write this almost a week ago now, so I just want to double check. Yeah, it's that, 19. Actually. It's it's 19. It's still 19. Oh, behind the scenes okay. looks, man. Don't let them know that. Don't let them know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want to double check, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, so 19. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still 19. Um, it's just one of those things. It's, I think you're, I think Jim, Jim's right. I think his ADP is going to continue to rise. Now that we get more reports showing that discipline's not going to happen until next year. And for a guy like me, who's had Kamara for the last couple of seasons in our league, because we have a keeper league going, this decision for me this year is really hard. I don't know what to do. I'm so concerned if this one does happen. If I, if I keep him, then I'm screwed. Um, and that's just more of a personal thing. So it's a, it's a dicey proposition a little bit. If you do draft him early, um, but if he doesn't get disciplined, I mean, he's probably still going to be a top 10 back. Um, I know he's being drafted 12th right now, but you can't deny the talent and the, you know, and the pass catching ability he has that comes with that offense. Yeah, obviously an elite fantasy option for uh, the last few years. Um, and I think he'll continue to be that uh, Mark Ingram running back 54 overall 152. Sounds like he's going to be the backup there. Um, in New Orleans, any thoughts on trust? Yeah, he he's the obvious cuff to have if you're interested in having the cuff for Alvin Kamara. Um, it's been what like five or six years removed since he was on the Saints, and that was with Sean Payton. I understand, but um, Mark Ingram, he loves that organization. I've seen his podcast with him and. Uh, the Saints defensive end. I can't think of his name, but either way, uh, he he loves the Saints, and I, I I'm all in on him. If he gets a starting opportunity, if anything happens to Kamara, I have 100 faith in him producing and being a great running back. All right, yeah, Michael I, Thomas. Down, he, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, I'm down with that. I'm down with him being. He's a high end cut for sure. Michael Thomas uh, reportedly going to be ready for this season. Uh, I think that was reported today. Um, Michael Thomas right now, the wide receiver 26, going 68th overall. His ADP has continued to rise um, as we you know see him in training camp. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? Are you going to take a shot on him um, and where he's going right now in terms of ADP? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they, if you guys have listened to our previous episode when we did our most recent mock, I took the shot on him. Everything that's coming out of camp saying that, you know, he was looking ready for the, for the beginning of the season. Now we know he's going to be ready and he's apparently smoking defenders and he's looking like, like his, you know, the old Michael Thomas, who was the number one wide receiver in fantasy just a couple of years ago. So if he's back to full strength and you're going to be able to get him in the, you know, sixth or seventh round. That is an absolute steal. 
Well, let me ask guys. you this, though. Oh, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. So <laughs> with Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave in the picture, do you, do you think that affects anything? Because when Michael Thomas was, you know, in that top 10 wide receiver conversation at his prime before all the, you know, the injury and all that happened, um, it was him and someone else I can't remember, but it was basically two good wide receivers. And now at this point, we're dealing with like three. Alvin Kamara is a better pass catcher than he was. He was already great at that point. And now you have Taysom Hill at tight end. Like, does that affect how you approach it? Um, No, because um, I think at this point, Jarvis Landry is not the player he used to be. Um, I think Jarvis Landry ends up being almost solely the slot receiver in this offense um, and won't get a ton of work. I think Olave becomes the wide receiver two there pretty quickly. So no, I think uh, Michael Thomas is still going to be the number one guy there. And um, getting, and again, I think getting him in the sixth or seventh round is, is just a steal that I would love to happen. What do you take Michael Thomas or Gabe Davis? Michael Thomas. I'm not big on Gabe Davis. I think people are overreacting to his four touchdown game in the playoffs. If I'm being completely honest, I'm totally Michael, with that. Biggest one of the biggest overhypes, Michael Thomas or Chris Godwin. That's a good one. That that is a good. One. I would probably lean towards Godwin, um, even though he's coming off the injury, but he looks like he should be ready week one, only because there's less question mark around him, right? I mean, as much as I'm talking about Michael Thomas right now, there obviously is still the question mark with him. And Godwin, you just know his production. Well, speaking of Godwin, have you guys seen these Tom Brady rumors recently where uh, apparently he's taking time off for you know X reason? Apparently something's going on, personal reasons, right? But I mean, there's all these like uh, training camp rumors. He looks miserable. Da, 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 da. Now all this stuff's coming out like, oh, he didn't want to come back this year. Like, are have you guys heard any of that stuff? I know he's taking a leave of absence from the team. They do expect him to be back um, on at the day after the their preseason game against the Titans on the 20th. So they expect him back. Um, I don't know if it was just like, I don't want to be part of training camp, which, I mean, no veteran really wants to be part of training camp, especially a guy that's as accomplished as Tom Brady and knows the offense probably better than the offensive coordinator does. So um, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of thought into that honestly um tom brady's gonna be ready to play when he's there well will he though i mean he retired and we all kind of agreed like maybe he just spent time with his family and he was like this fucking sucks i should just (laughs) go play football again and then now he's back to playing football and he's like well fuck i'm already kind of over football too but i don't really want to be around my family so it's like i'm not buying into it but it's it's an interesting storyline like is he just kind of going through the motions at this point. And um, it's not really affecting how I feel about Chris Godwin, because I would definitely take him over Mike, Michael Thomas. But I, I think that's an interesting little off-season thing that's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on, get, take one point on that, I just recently watched, in the last just this week, I watched the Man in the Arena documentary on Tom Brady. And the one of the things that really stood out to me was when he got that four-game suspension for Deflategate. He took the time to really spend time with his family because he didn't have to go th- really through go to the training camp. He had a whole September to do whatever he wanted. And he said he loved that doing that. Um, it was he said it was some the best four weeks of his life. He got to really connect, you know, reconnect with his wife and his kids. And so I think he's just seeing like, hey, I don't need to be practicing right now. And he's gonna take the time to be with his family. And obviously, this is all speculation. We don't there could be something going on with his family, maybe you know, his dad's sick, something like that, who is his hero. So he could just be dealing with actual family issues that, you know, are going to take precedent over the team at this point. Nah, he just doesn't want to be around his family. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler's secretly <laughs> Tom Brady's uh, PR guy. The PR yeah, team. You're, really, <laughs> you're covering for him. No, I'm saying he doesn't want to be around his family. He's kind of over football, and he's like, God damn it. How do I, how do I get away from both of these things? All right, uh, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Let's round out with these <laughs> the other two receivers on this team here. Uh, Chris Olave, the rookie, obviously going wide receiver 47 right now, 116th overall. Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 49, 129th overall. So pretty close there in terms of ADP. Um, do you lean one way or the other with these two wide receivers, and are you drafting either of them? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure much just said it when I was talking about Michael Thomas. I believe Olave is going to be the number two receiver there pretty easily and pretty quickly. So I would definitely lean Olave. In all honesty, based off of where players are and other injuries in terms of like the the rookie wide receivers, I think it's a it's a dead race between Olave and Sky Moore's in terms of like who's going to be the best rookie wide receiver fantasy wise. Hmm, it's probably going to be Sky Moore. But I, I'm with you. I mean, what? so when did our rankings, Jim had him as number five behind Traylon Brooks, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and Garrett Wilson. I personally didn't even rank him. I'll be honest. I kind of shit the bed on those rankings. I didn't go that deep. <laughs> and um, pretty much in line with what you just said, Big Irby, you had him behind Sky Moore. Chris Olave was your number six best receiver uh, rookie-wise. Drake London, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, and then Chris Olave. So I understand situations change because that was a pre-draft rankings. And yeah. now with the, the, the situation that they're in, things change. I it, It's someone I'm probably not going to draft this year. I, I expect good things from him, but not enough for me to really pull the trigger on him. Yeah, I think... Um, I would draft him behind Sky more myself in terms of the way I would look at the rookies. Um, but Olave, based off of his position within the team, injuries to other guys, um, other rookie wide receivers, he's going to be the, be my second wide receiver drafted if I was in that position. Yeah, hmm. I, I think Olave is worth a, a shot there. I kind of agree with you. I think he'll be the the second target in the offense. Where Jarvis Landry will have his moments, but I don't think he'll be super consistent. Um, and like you said, Trey, you know, things change once we learn where the, where these guys land and Chris Olave arguably landed in one of the better spots out of the rookies with a competent quarterback, you know, that's not obviously elite, but, um, we know Jameis Winston can sling the ball around and put up fantasy points. So yeah, I think he's worth taking a shot on. I think the question is, you know, if you take Michael Thomas earlier in the draft, would you still go ahead and take Chris Olave as well? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, do that. I would. I wouldn't either. I'm not a fan of stacking receivers from the same team, anyways. Um, that's just it's dangerous. I think even if he, one's gonna be like a star, one's gonna be on your bench. It's just not something I I enjoy doing. It's not like you don't even take receiver handcuffs. You take receiver your yeah, handcuff for running back. You know. Yeah, and that's the yeah, part I, I want to say that. If yeah. you think Michael Thomas is gonna get injured, then Chris Olave definitely a good person to cuff. Which I guess. We might actually get into in the next few seasons, uh, wide receiver handcuffs or whatever. Like people, you think are going to step into it? People being injured with wide receivers stepping up so heavily. But do you really think Chris Olave is going to get more targets than Alvin Kamara? I, 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 it'd be close in my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if Alvin Kamara ends up with. Ooh, I guess I might be overreaching, talking myself into a corner here. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Alvin Kamara gets more targets than Chris Olave. Oh, man. I don't know if I, I love that. I think Kamara is almost, you can almost bank on him getting, you know, somewhere between 40 and 50 catches a year, um, possibly more. I, he's had years, years with a lot more than that. But I think you can bank on him getting 50 catches. But I think you would still end up seeing um, Olave at like 60 or 70 catches potentially. Well, Alvin Kamara, he, well, he had like 90 target seasons, right? Stuff like that. Am yeah. I just imagining this? No, no, no. He definitely had, <laughs> had more. Um, but I'm just saying, I'm. That was also, you know, a couple of years without Michael Thomas, and there was no one else to throw the ball to. Mm. Mm. A lot of so, question marks. Yeah, we'll, we'll move forward. All right, the last team here in the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we mentioned. Tom Brady in his absence uh, a little bit earlier, uh, but uh, still he's the he's the QB nine right now, going 88th overall, and I think the story remains the same. Tom Brady remains one of the best values at the quarterback position in fantasy football. I think he had the second most pass attempts last year in NFL history. Um, so I imagine and a lot the league more in of that. Yeah. So Tom Brady. You know, to me, again, if you aren't taking one of those rushing upside quarterbacks, or especially if you're playing in like a league that 
you know, gives six points for passing touchdowns versus four. Um, Tom Brady is an absolute steal. Well, let me, let me just say this. Um, around those same rounds, um, it, it might be a little different in ADP. You can either get Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. They're very close to each other. And right. Derek Carr, I think, is 10 spots below that. So between those three running ba- or running backs, those three quarterbacks, who are you trying to go for? It's really a toss-up to me in that situation. I, I would probably be deciding between Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I think Derek Carr will have a good year, um, but I just think you can bank on 30-plus touchdowns for sure between Brady and, and Rodgers, and that's not always the same for Derek Carr. Um, it's really a toss-up. I mean, I guess Tom Brady gets the slight lean just because he has the better weapons, um, but you can't go wrong. Yeah, uh, I'll do that. I'm pretty sure I'm putting Aaron Rodgers at third in between those three guys myself. Um, even though he's back-to-back MVPs, I understand that. Just the lost weapons, I think, is not hurt. And I know he'll make up for it. He'll find a way of doing it. I just think we see some of his production drop a little bit this year. Um, and, I mean, we, me and Trey have said it all offseason. We expect big things from the Raiders offense. So I'm not sure if I would necessarily take Derek Carr over Tom Brady at this moment. But, I mean, I could see it as a coin flip, honestly. Well, excuse me. It wouldn't really be choosing Derek Carr over Tom Brady. It'd basically be, you know, you're in round, uh, let's just say round eight or so, and Tom Brady's available. You could also wait an extra round or two, depending on how the draft is going, and take Derek Carr. So I, I would personally go the latter route and take Derek Carr, wait a round or two. All right, yeah. Leonard for Leonard Fournette. I like that strategy. Leonard Fournette, uh, running back thirteen right now, going twenty fourth overall. Um, this is a guy that I imagine is in line for a lot of goal line work. Um, he was a strong fantasy running back last year. What did he finish? Uh, it's pretty high up there. I can't remember what it was. Fourteen. I'm throwing a number out. No, he's throwing a number out. He finished running back, ah. se- running back seven last year. Um, can Holy we ex- shit! Can we expect that again for Leonard Fournette? This is a guy that you can draft, you know, back of the second, early third rounder. And if you go wide receiver early, uh, yeah. could be a nice pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can absolutely expect that from him. I know to be when we started the offseason, people were really high. On Rashad White, who I know we'll get to here uh, momentarily, but I think that momentum starting to to slow down. They're realizing no, Leonard Fournette's the dude in this backfield. Um, I think he's gonna probably command eighty percent of the carries, if not more. So he's the guy. That's the running back you want, and getting him, you know, the back end of the second, or the beginning of the third, especially if he's gonna be your RB two. That's an absolute killer deal. I would not pass it up. I am pretty much with that, especially with the receiving core they have. It's, I mean, it, it's like they're playing Madden franchise mode with the the salary cap <laughs> off. You know, they they have four very good receivers, and uh, Julio Jones is projected to uh, potentially be their fourth right now. I I know that uh, Chris Godwin he's going to miss the beginning of this season, but no, he, they're expecting him to be ready week one, which is yep. crazy. But they're, that's what they're expecting. Oh, geez. I mean, but I do like Russell Gage and the potential that he brings to him. But either way, four great wide receivers. So, I mean, how much can you stand the uh, stack the box with that going on? Plus the tight ends that they have. You know, they have uh, Cameron Bray, and they just picked up uh, the former Vikings tight end. Kyle uh, Rudolph. Can you guys help me out? There we go. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph. Um, major red zone targets. So... At least Kyle Rudolph in his own right, major red zone target. So, I mean, Leonard Fournette's going to be in a very good position pretty much every time he's on the field, which means, and he is supposed to be on the field most of the time, right? Because Rashad White is the backup, and I story the third down guy. Leonard Fournette is a pass catching running back. He's going to be in a bunch of very good positions throughout the entire season. I, I would not be surprised if he finishes top 12. Yeah. 
All right, Rashad White going 131 overall, late flyer candidate. Um, but are you taking that flyer on him? Just to give you guys a little perspective, Sky Moore is going 136. So, uh, Sky Moore all day. Sky Moore, yeah, not even a question. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. What, what about I Rashad White or, or Marlon Mack? Fuck off. just come at your boy like that Uh, alright Rashad White or Kenneth Gainwell Gainwell um, Leonard Fournette doesn't have any uh, small injuries coming out of camp I know Miles Sanders is dealing with something right now obviously it's the preseason but um, I'd rather take Gainwell I think and we saw what he can do when he does get majority carries he, he could be pretty solid. All right, Tyler, Rashad White or Tyler Algier? Oh, Algier. Okay. Uh, so the Tyler's much, and the Tyler's. That pretty much answers <laughs> yes. that. Um, let's move on to the wide receivers here. Mike Evans, wide receiver nine uh, right now, going 26 overall. Um, let's just talk about Mike Evans, I guess, real quick. You know, obviously elite red zone target. Another year with Tom Brady. Uh, he finished last year as the wide receiver eight in half PPR leagues. Are you taking a shot on him? Are you are you drafting yeah. Mike Evans confidently as your wide receiver one? Yep. Yeah, I, would. I, mean, I don't see why you <laughs> wouldn't, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, do we always... This happens all the time where... You know, they're talking about, you know, is he going to fall? But, like, he's just consistently, like, a top 15 receiver, top 10 most of those years. Like, stop expecting it to fall off just because Chris Godwin's so good, too. They can both be good. They can both be top 15 receivers. We've seen Austin's do it before. I mean, the Seahawks did it with Ty Lockett and DK Metcalf the last two seasons. We've seen it in the past. If you want to go farther back, that's just a you know a recent example. They're both going to be good guys. Like, stop worrying about it. Oh, yeah, real good guys. Honestly, Mike Evans, he reminds me <laughs> he reminds me of uh, Keenan Allen that scores touchdowns. Just consistently um, outperforms where people expect him to be. And um, I'll be honest, I, I, I have not bought into Mike Evans a lot of years. And at this point, it, it seems undeniable. I might as well buy in this year before he gets too damn old and Brady retires. He finally made Trey's undeniable list. <laughs> I, th- I think he is. He is. He's undeniable. God damn it. That's how you know the season's starting. If I start saying undeniable, we're, we're about here, baby. Football's about to start. I can't the one thing I will say. Undeniable list before the season starts. Yeah. <laughs> I should make one. Um, I will say this. I think Mike Evans has hurt people in the past just because he does have such boom games and then tends to disappear sometimes. And... I have felt that um, in years past. So for me, like he hasn't been a guy that I've been drafting that much this year because a lot of times I'm going running back, running back. And if you do that, you're not getting Mike Evans because he'll be gone by the time your next pick comes up. But um, again, you know, if you can take him and, and just bank on those boom weeks, like he will, he's a guy that will win you weeks, you know, by himself. So um, so Chris, you know, James, hold on, James. That's a really interesting point you bring up about the boomer busting for him. But it makes me curious mm-hmm. because you are huge on Mike Williams this year, who is the exact same type of player. So <laughs> what's the difference between them right now? In your Six mind, years yeah. younger. Uh, ADP is a large difference. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we're talking Mike's here. I think you get the same out of Mike Williams that you're going to get out of Mike Evans this year, you know. Um, well, I think we're, we're talking mics on the mic. Talking mics on the mic, <laughs> and the mic that I like is Mike Williams, um, <laughs> and that's just because I, you know, I'm guaranteed to get him as like my wide receiver two, or you know, while I already have two solid running backs and another solid receiver, so that's just uh, that's the biggest difference for me. And I think Justin Herbert has an amazing year this year, so. All right, Dr. Let's go to Chris Godwin. 
Uh, Chris yeah, Godwin, wide receiver 22 overall and going 64th overall. Um, expected to be there for week one is what we're hearing. So what does that do to Chris Godwin's value, you know, going 64th overall? If he's there week one, are, are you go ahead and, and drafting him there at 64? It honestly feels like a crime drafting Chris Godwin in like round five ish around that area. It'd be around five. I think <laughs> we, 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 we discussed it last week. It, it's a weird thing. So one to 12, 12, 24, blah, blah, whatever. Do the math. Yeah. So at the end of the fifth, early six, whatever it, it, it feels like such a steal to me. That like he you you can get him at that range. Couldn't agree more. And honestly, as much as I just you know, I think Mike Evans is great as well. But Godwin's ADP and the value you get from him, drafting him that late is so much better than what you are going to get with Evans at you know in the second round. All day. And then uh, Russell Gage and Julio Jones here, kind of the two later flyers um in this receiving core i mean does julio have anything left in the tank to be fantasy relevant this year um (laughs) (laughs) no one wants to passing it off to we were passing it off to each other let let me just go because i'm already talking i was loving russell gage until they signed julio jones and I'm still interested in Russell Gage because at this point you can get him, you know, probably around the ninth round, um, late eighth, early tenth. It depends on how many people are in your league. And um, with Julio Jones being around, he's definitely very injury prone. It's it's just it's happening. Um, but if they happen to give him a decent amount of rest and bring him in and kind of mix him and Russell Gage up, that's what I'm worried about. Before Julio was in the picture, I love Russell Gage. I thought he had a great potential to be a great, great flex for you. Now I'm a little iffy on it, but I still would rather have Russell Gage because of uh, the lack of entry history. Because Julio Jones, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's had that hamstring that's been like bothering him for like multiple years now. Fuck his whole career. Yeah. Okay, maybe. <laughs> there we go, right? Russell Gage, no real entry history producing on a subpar Falcons team. So I, I would rather go Russell Gage, but I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. Yeah, no, I'm all over Russell Gage over Julio. I'm not necessarily sold that Gage is going to be the, you know, a, a good, a great fancy option for people, but over Julio Jones, for sure. Julio is, is going to come in. I'm sure he's going to have a week or two where you're like, damn, that's the Julio of old. But it's only going to be for a week or two. He's not going to be able to produce yeah. that and give you that kind of games week in and week out. So you shouldn't have him on. I wouldn't even roster him because he's just going to sit there and like entice you because of his name and you know right. he's a future Hall of Famer and things like that. Just to be like one week you throw him in there and he's going to be an absolute bust because, um, like I said, he's going to have one or two games where he's great, but everything else is going to be you know subpar. Yeah, he well, feels let like me a ask roster. you this then. Oh, oh, sorry, cutting you off. If you guys don't know, we're recording a remote, a little bit of a delay. But um, if Julio Jones goes down, let's just say week four, you know, boom, he's got that hamstring injury bothering him again. Russell Gage, is he not enticing to you playing out of the slot? I mean, last year, there were guys like Scotty Miller and um, Antonio Brown was playing out of the slot for him, producing good games for him. So is Russell Gage like, would you be interested in that? It's hard to say, inter- man. Are you interested in hearing more about Russell Gage? <laughs> are you interested in learning about your Lord and Savior, Russell Gage? <laughs> you sound like a salesman. <laughs> hey, are, are you interested? Are you, do you want to improve your fantasy team? <laughs> For only two small payments of... Uh, no, but like, here's the real question. Russell Gage or Christian Kirk? If you're taking a, a flyer receiver that in that range, Christian Kirk. Yeah, it's got to be Kirk. I mean, he's going to be the number one receiver on a team with, you know, hopefully we see improvement from, from Lawrence. You have the new coach there, um, you know, with uh, what's the name from Philadelphia. 
Uh, you know, Super Bowl winning coach, great offense. I mean, he made he, he made Nick Foles a, a hometown hero in Philadelphia. So, fuck, <laughs> are we all not going to know this guy's name? Doug Peterson. Thank there we you. go. Peterson. <laughs> I knew it. I was there just it letting you guess. Uh, so yeah, it's it's Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But let me let me say this though. You think he is the obvious wide receiver one over Marvin Jones? Yes. Yes. I I uh, also think the same, but I mean, come on. Russell Gage or Chris Olave. Uh, man. Russell Gage. <laughs> I'll go Olave. Hey, you know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> He's gonna go Russell Gage like with everyone. Um that one's tough. Um man, I think I'd go Olave, but that's that's a that's a toss up for me, man. All right, Trey, Russell Gage or Drake London, last one. Fuck you. Why are you calling me on Russell Gage? <laughs> so, um, I mean, Drake London, obviously. I, I got to take the flyer on the fact that we're going to have another rookie wide receiver hit in their rookie year somehow, some way. All right, and last little note on Julio Jones there. It, to me, like he just feels like a roster clog, like Tyler was saying. I think it was a good point. Um, if you do draft him, like it's going to be with the last pick of your draft. And with that pick, I like to usually take guys that I want to take a flyer on, but I'm going to learn you know, week one or week two if they're worthy of keeping on my roster uh, because obviously you're going to want to play the waiver wire. There's going to be guys you're going to want to pick up. So it's nice to have someone that you – can drop easily uh, for those guys on the waiver wire. Julio Jones with with the name and like Tyler was saying, you're going to be tempted to keep him on your roster, and it's just going to be a clog, and you're never going to know when when to start him. So he's a guy I am avoiding, and you know if he happens to somehow be the Julio of old, I'll I'll go ahead and take that you know take my consequences. But yeah, he's a roster clog. Alrighty, that'll do it for the NFC South, I believe, unless there's anyone else you want to bring up. No, not really. Uh, Probably Marcus Mariota one more time. Oh, my (laughs) God, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just got got to put it on wax just so so I can say it. Man, it's been on wax for you for like three months. Everyone (laughs) knows. It's not even on wax. It's it's in marble at this point. I sculpted the fucking... (laughs) The statue. <laughs> all, all ten, all ten listeners are very well aware. All right, um, so you guys will be on the. Oh, don't drop numbers. That's a very <laughs> modest number. First of all, all right. We appreciate y'all listening again. We're on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, next episode will be the AFC South because we're down here in the dirty, dirty. So keep an eye out for that one, and we're not I'll be drafting. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Yes.